everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, enjoy my King in what you need. And let it be a sweet, sweet song in your ears. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, enjoy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet song in your ear. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, enjoy, my King, in what you hear. And let it be a sweet, sweet song in your ear. I love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, enjoy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet song, and let it be a sweet, sweet song. 
and let it be a sweet, sweet song in your ears. Amen. We lift our voice, worship God. When the trees move with the wind, it is given worship God. When the waters roar upon the sea, they are given worship God. Out of fact, 150 songs say, let everything that had breath, praise ye the Lord. For every living thing has its own way of giving praise and worship to our God. If the trees could do it. Matter of fact, the songwriters say, if the robin can say, thank you, you can do it too. So every living creature, every living thing, every living organism that God has created, it has its own way of giving praise and worship to God. We as men, a people of God, we keep our mouths closed. We are tight lipped. Everything God has done, He has done it for man. All the vegetation, everything that God created, He created and set it here before He created man. After He had done all His creation, His greatest creation was mankind. The Bible says He set Him in the midst of the garden, told Him to take care of it. To till the ground. Made him head over it all. Yet man still can't give worship and praise. So so that man was alone. Gave him a woman. That he would have companionship. Because he said it's not good that man should be alone. Everything God did, he did it with man in mind. Psalmist say, what is man that God so mindful of him? Everything he did, yet we can't find time to give him thanks or to give him praise and worship for what he has already done. Thank God for once again, coming together in another Tuesday night Bible study, we we'll pray that the word of God be a blessing to one and all. For the New Way of Life Ministries and Pastor Herman L. Evans, we're located 3282 at Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is mwoflife2002 at yahoo.com. And tell a family member, tell a friend, tell someone concerning this Bible study, how we talk about things that pertains to this life, not, not pertaining to David and Joab and all the rest of them who lived over 2,000 years ago, 
we talk about things that pertain this life. But when God gives you revelation, then he expects us to do application, apply it to our everyday living. Faith come by hearing, hearing by So the Bible says the just to live by faith. By Christ's death, the Bible says that we have been justified. The just shall live by in faith. As we uh, go into our Tuesday night Bible study, amen. Let us continue to pray for those families that lost their loved ones. On last week of that tragic accident, because family hearts are still heavy, still hurt. I believe it was this week that they buried one of them. Thank you to pray for that family. As well as the bus driver. You can imagine how they feel being responsible. in an accident causing uh, having the life of two kids that they were in charge of and responsible for. Imagine, put yourself in her place and imagine how you would feel if it was you. For all of them need our prayer. So let's know tonight comes from Second Samuel chapter 18. Reading to your hearing from the King James Version. Of course, you have a Gideon, an NIV, or any other type of Bible other than a King James. Your verses of uh, Scripture may read differently than the ones I may read from the King James Version. But I do pray that as we unfold the verses of Scripture, that we may gain together an understanding of what God is trying to say to you and I. Let us begin our reading from chapter 18, Second Samuel, verse number 1. David numbered the people that were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. David sent forth the third part of the people under the hand of Joab, and the third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Jeroboam, Joab's brother, and the third part under the hand of Agai, the Gatai. King said unto the people, I will surely go forth with thee, myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth, but if we would flee, they will not care for us, neither if heaven for us die. But they care for us. But now thou art worth ten thousand of us. Therefore now it is better that thou shalt put us out of the city. And the king said unto them, What seemeth me best I will do? The king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Atai, saying, Kill gently for my sake with the young man, these have been Absalom. All the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out to the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Absalom. Where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David, and there was there a great slaughter that day of twenty thousand men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and 
the word devoured more people that day than the souls devoured. Absalom met the service of David. Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boles of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was upon was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, I saw him, and why did thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a virgin. And the man said unto Joab, Though I should receive ten, though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son. But in our hearing, the king charged you at Abishai and Atai, saying, Beware that, that, that none touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I should have wrought falsehood against my own life. For there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself would have set thyself against me. Then said Joab, I may not carry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. Young men that bore Joab's armor compassed about Absalom and slew him. Joab slew, and Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel. But Joab held back people. And they took Absalom and cast into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him. And all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and read up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's jail. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. Called the pillar after his own name, and it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Then said Ahamas, the son of Zedah, Let me now run and bear the king tidings, how that the Lord hath avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day. Thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. Then said Joab to Cushai, Go, tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushai bowed himself unto Joab's reign. Then said Ahamas, the son of Zedah, yet again to Joab, But howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushai. And Joab said, Wherefore will thou run? My son seeing that thou hast no tidings ready. But however, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, Run. Then Hermes ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushah. And David sat between two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate unto the wall, and lift up his eyes and looked. Behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king, and the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man run. The watchman called the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, If he also bring it tidings. And the watchman said, Me think that the running of the foremost is like the running of Hanan, the son of Zedah. And the king said, He is a good man. And come it with good tidings. Hermes called and said unto the king, All is well. And 
fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which had delivered up the men that lifted up their hands against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And man answered, When Joab sent the king's servants, and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. He said unto him, Turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushai came, and Cushai said, Titus, my lord, the king. For the Lord had avenged thee this day of all the men that rose up against thee. The king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, and all that lies up against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. The king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate, and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, for God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. Second Samuel, chapter 18, verses 1 to verse 33. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and do of his holy word. Amen. What pain, what loss, we see all in this chapter. Bible says, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life to Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why it's imperative and so important that we make the proper choice. He gives us a choice to make. Whatever choice we make, we've got to either live with it or die with it. Absalom had no excuse. He was reared up in a godly family. Though his father made many mistakes, that don't mean that he had to follow in his father's footsteps. Make the same mistake. Once we become of age and know right from wrong, even without knowing every scripture or most of the scriptures in the Bible, we're born with a sense to know right from wrong. Old folks call it mother's work. And even with that, God gives us our choices to make. Absalom was read up. David was a man that the Bible said was after God's own heart. So before David committed this sinful act with Bathsheba and had Uriah, her husband, killed upon the front line, before that David had to be some kind of teacher in his household. His children had to see something about his godly life before this act took place. But it just goes to show you that one act, can change a whole lifetime of an individual. It didn't only change the lifetime of David, but it also changed the life of Absalom. Because when David did this, my sanctified mind, the same to me, is that David became so numb for what he did that he couldn't bring justice or judgment 
upon his own children in his house. And sometimes when we commit certain acts of disobedience against God, sometimes it's hard for us to bring justice or judgment upon our own children. But if we don't bring it, if we don't bring justice, then God will bring it. He said, those I love. He said, I chase them. He said, if I chase you not, then therefore you are a bastard son. And so if we have accepted God as our Savior, then he's our heavenly Father. And his words of instruction is written to us, plain writing. And so in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says that we should do what? Listen to the instruction of our Father. And so I'm saying that through Absalom Young's lifetime, he saw something in his father that he could have made a better choice than what he made. Because David did not chastise his son Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. Absalom took it upon himself. And what happened? One act follows another act. Because behind every action, there's a reaction. Seems like everybody reacted from one person acting. And it's like it's like like dominoes falling. Once one self falling, all the rest of them self falling in place behind. And you hear people say in the church that it's a family curse. Not a family curse, it's sin. We have to call it what it is. And that's the problem we have been we've been we've been denying it. We've been hiding it too long rather than facing up to what the truth is. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Absalom took it upon himself to slay his own brother Amnon instead of leaving it in the hand of his father or leaving it in the hand of God because God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Our problem is that we don't know how to wait on God to do justice in the wrongdoings of others. Absalom now takes and rises up against his own father, chase him out of his palace, out of the kingdom, out of Jerusalem. Warfare in a family. That shouldn't sound too strange to any of us because it happened on a daily basis. there's problems in the family. And it's not that the family uh, didn't teach or raise children right. It's not that the family uh, did not wish the best for, for, the, for the children or whatever. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of choice. Absalom made his choice. You know, you have some people say that some families you see that have these type of problems just don't not the dysfunction of a family. It's a disobedience to the word of God. This is what disobedience brings. Whenever we be disobedient and don't follow the guidelines that God gave us to live before him and to live with each other, you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, one part of the Ten Commandments is how we supposed to honor and live before God, and another part of the Ten Commandments is how we should honor and live with one another how we should show respect 
to one another. And when we get out of these these little guidelines, these are basic guidelines. When we get out of these basic guidelines, then these are the problems that we face. Paul said in the book of uh, Romans, he said, just a little leaving will leave the whole lump. When we just a little, let a little stuff come in and say, that's okay, a lamp at it, a pat it on the back, or don't correct it, then we give in, we give in place for greater things to come. Now, what David did, now he didn't, he didn't only lose his daughter, because now she she's not going to ever be married. She's living in Absalom's house. She's, she's been embarrassed and, and made ashamed. She didn't lost her virginity to her own brother. Amnon is dead because Absalom raised up his hand to kill his own brother. Now he's running his father out of, out of the palace from out of Jerusalem. Look at all the atrocities. This is not dysfunction. It's been called this here. Dysfunction means something that's, that's not working properly. And when something is not working properly, they have something to cause it. And the cause of this dysfunction here is sin. And disobedience. Bible says transgression of the law is sin. You know, we like to we like to place certain acts greater than others. But Paul makes it all plain. He said transgression, any transgression, any disobedience, anything you transgress against the law of God is sin. You lie, that's sin. Don't talk about talking about you telling a white lie for peace sake. No, you lie. A lie is a lie. You don't find nowhere in the Bible where a white lie, black lie, red lie. Lie is a lie. So we have to be careful because the devil is very cunning and very shrewd. Now he didn't got inside of David's home and he's running havoc in this house. Now, Absalom is about to lose his life. David had been brought to open shame. His, his concubine, Absalom, laid with in, in open rebellion to his father. Now, David is setting his men in position for the fight against his own son. One part of the Ten Commandments, he said, for us as children, honor that father and that mother, that their days may be long upon the earth. In doing this, he said he would bless us. He would lengthen your days. Absalom did not honor his father. came out against him. And he shortened his days. That's why it's important and imperative that we as parents, if we love our children, if we say we love them, we need to correct them. Don't let them go wrong thinking that you're showing love to them by not correcting them. You're showing love to them when you do correct them because you're giving them the opportunity to see the error of their ways and change. Because if not, Sooner or later, something's going to catch up with them. A 
Verse 9 says, Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rolled upon the mule. And the mule went under the thick boles of a great oak, and his cage caught hold of a oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. Now the thing that he trusted in, failed him to, to help him to escape, left him. The oak that was sitting there, that's another part of God's creation. That's why that's why you can't you can't fight against God. That's why God trusts one is the majority. The Bible say that that the that the that the the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And how many people died that day? Twenty thousand men. So Absalom, who's not very familiar with warfare, when he saw this these men falling all around him, what he did? He tried to escape, he tried to run. But do you realize you can't outrun God? When you do wrong and God plays give you time and space to repent and turn, when judgment comes down, you can't outrun God. When Absalom tried to get away, what God had ready waiting on him? The branches in the in the woods. Caught a hold of the thing that he that he cherished the most, his hair. And had him hanging between the heavens and the earth. And the man came and told Joab what had happened. And Joab said, why didn't you kill him if you saw him there? But this man had tender sense. Look what the man said. The man said unto Joab, though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son. But now we're hearing the king charge me. And Abishai and Atai saying, beware that none touch the young man Absalom. So this man is being obedient. He heard what was said. He knew his place. Because the king had gave charge. Keep the young man safe. Chastise him. All of that's fine. But don't kill him. Let him come to his senses. Like the prodigal son did. Let him come to his senses. Let him see the error of his ways. But don't kill him. But you know something? David had no choice in this matter because God had to pronounce judgment upon him. He rolled, when he raised his hand against his, up against his father, what the Bible said, touch not. Mind on and do my prophet no harm. David was God's anointed. And he raised his hand against God's anointed. And you know when he raised his hand against God's anointed, it's the same that he raised his hands up against God. As much as you have done to the least of these, you have also done it unto me. And so God knows how to fight his own battle. He don't need you and I to fight his battle. So stop trying to help him to bring things to pass in your life and let God work it out for you. The songwriter say, while you was trying to figure it out, God already worked it out. God had this great oak already waiting. This great, this oak, this wood, wooded area, probably was planted on the earth before they even came on the scene, before they even was born. And this folk was waiting on him for this day. They got something waiting on some people to get to that point. And when they get to that point, something bad is going to happen to them if they don't repent and turn. If my people who are called by my name to humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then what I hear from heaven, I 
heal their land and I'll forgive them of their sin. We have to turn before a day and time is too late. He said, though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver. Now, Absalom said he was going to give him what? Ten shekels. Ten shekels of silver and a good. He said, look, you can give me a thousand. You can give me as many as a thousand. It wouldn't do me no good. Because I heard what the king said. He said, otherwise, I should have wrote falsehood against my own life. In other words, he said, I would have played I'd have played folly with my own life. I'd have played Russian. I'm playing Russian roulette with my own life over silver. What happened to Judah? They gave him 30 pieces of silver. How much did, How much good did he do him? Didn't do him no good at all. It didn't last long. That kind of money don't last long. When you walk over people and do harm to people to try and get ahead, to try and gain something from doing something wrong. It don't last long. It don't last long. You find children fighting with one another. When somebody dies in the family, they're fighting over money, they're fighting over the property. When they when they get it and and, and, and divide, it don't last long. It's, it's a possibility that some of you that, that are hearing this word on tonight have saw it, or maybe you might have been a part of it. How long did it last? It don't last long. Dead people money don't last long. And so he said, you could have gave me ten, you could have gave me a thousand shekels of silver in my hand. I wasn't going to put my my hand against the king's son because I heard what he told y'all. And what he told y'all, he meant for all of us. What I, I said it was? You know, otherwise I shouldn't have brought falsehood against my own life. But there is no matter hid from the king. Man, if I'd have did this, ain't no way in the world this was gonna be hid from the king. It would have got back to him. And thou thyself would have set thyself against him. You'd have rose your you'd have raised rose up against him if I'd have did it. You'd have told David that that I killed Absalom and now you'd have killed me because you want to show how much you honor the words of the king. Then said, Joab, I mean, I tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hands and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. You know, a lot of times people push other people up to do things that they don't want to do. You hear people say, old folks used to say, you have to watch people who throw a brick and hide their hands. And you have a lot of people like that. They'll throw the brick and hide their hand and point at somebody else. And this is what this is what this young man was saying to Joab. I'm not going to go out here and do this for you, and then you point the finger at me. Why didn't you, you saw him hanging in oak, why didn't you kill him? I'm going to give you some money for this. I'm going to give you 10 shekels of silver and a good. The man tells him, say, look, I got enough sense to know that whatever you give me, even if it's a thousand, ain't going to do me no good. And you find children out here in these gang banging and, and out on the streets that want to try and be accepted, even girls, go out here and, and have sex at an early age because they want to be accepted. They go out here and do things because others are pushing them to do something that they don't want to do themselves. And before you know it, you're in a world of trouble 
and the person who can push you up above your head up to go and do it, they're going home free. They're going home free and easy. A lot of young men is in jail because they're listening at what somebody, the advice of somebody else. Somebody, some, somebody, kid is laying in the graveyard because they're listening at the advice of somebody else. And they're still going on about their life. Then said, Joab, I may not carry just with you. You know why he don't want to carry with him? Because the truth hit him in the face. And a lot of times when the truth comes back at us, we can't, we can't handle it. We can't handle the truth when it comes back at us and stay up in our own face. Because the truth hurts. It didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt a lot of us. When the truth hits you and stares you in the face and you got to face it, when the young man told him, he said, look, you heard what the king said. And see, that's something how we all have heard the same words, but yet we make our choices to do whatever we want to do. And when the truth come back and say, man, I thought you said that you, you, you belong to this church, and I know what they're teaching over there. You, this is what you're doing? When the truth hits you in the face, it hurts. Oh, I'm just a man. I'm human. I'm human. God understands. We, we like to justify our actions. So what he told you, look, I'm not going to carry you with you. I'm not going to hear and swap words with you and hear what you're saying to me. Now, Joab, he's the general. He's the captain over, over the host of men. This man here is just a servant. And for him to tell him this, somebody who's supposed to be in leadership, listen to somebody who's under him, tell him right from wrong, how do you think that made him feel? Sometimes our children come back and wash our face with things. How do you think that makes them feel when, when a child makes you see yourself? See, you're supposed to be teaching the child, but you're the child teaching you. You know what Paul says about that? He said, while we yet should be teachers, yet we still yet need to be taught. We should be in, giving instruction to our family our children, to people in our community, to people who's not saved. But yet people are telling me, I thought you was a Christian. What you doing out there in the club? What you doing drinking? And now they know it's wrong. But they feel they they feel comfortable with the wrong that they're doing because they don't profess to be Christians. They don't profess to be saved. They don't profess to be saved. But we that profess to be to be saved and confess Christ as our Savior. You got people who don't know him, not not really in the church, telling us what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. I know what what, what Pastor Sawyer and them is teaching over there. I know what they're going out here doing this. Then said Joab, I may not carry dust with you. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the ocean. Now, he acted out because of what the young man said, but check this out. He didn't kill him. He threw three dogs and hit him. It's the people who going to come behind him that's going to really kill him, going to kill Absalom. He just make it seem like as though, but look, you don't have to do it. I can do it myself. I'm more or less showing and say, look, I, 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 I'm willing to do the same thing I'm telling you to do. And so what he did, he took three dogs. He, now, he got a sword. Check this out now. He on a battlefield with a sword, but he gets darts. And threw and hit Absalom with the dogs. 
while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. Look what verse 15 says. And ten young men that bore, that bear Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. So if they slew, if they slew him, that means that the three dogs didn't kill him. He was only only wounded. It was wounds that he wouldn't have never died from with dogs. But the men who bore the armor, now, if the men was with him, if they're his armor barrier and they're with him, couldn't he have asked them to give him the sword or a spear and thrust the spear through him or chopped his head off? He hanging in the tree. He hanging in the tree. Couldn't he have taken the sword and just chopped his head off or, 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 or took the sword and thrust it through his, his, his heart or whatever? No, he threw dogs. But the men that was with him, there was the one that smote Absalom. Verse 16 says, And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, for Joab held back the people. Blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. The trumpet was, was, was meant for many different reasons. It was when, it, when, when a certain sound of the trumpet blew, it, it had people to gather themselves together because it was under attack. Remember when Gideon and, his, and, 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 the, and the men that was with him, when they went out to the battlefield to, to uh, attack the people by surprise, what they did, they blew a trumpet. They blew the, 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 the ram's horn. And they, and they, and they set the, the lanterns on fire, and they came and killed the people, thought that they had more people than they actually had. And so the trumpet also gathered the people for what? For worship. But here, this trumpet here was found in what? A retreat, telling the men that was pursuing after the men of Israel to come back. We didn't got the one we wanted. We don't need to go any farther. And so when he blew the trumpet, the people returned from pursuing after Israel. So Joab held back the people. We don't have to kill. We don't have to uh, kill no more men. We got the one who caused this revolt. We got the one who stirred up this this uh, this situation. Now the rest that's left alive is there for them for what? Testimony. They're left for a testimony. And and that's what testimony is, is so needful in the church. Because people need to tell. Not only about the goodness of God, because we're good to tell that, but we also got testimony to tell about the wrath of God. When we backslide and we turn back on God and we raise up our hand against God. When we backslide, that's what we do. We're raising our hand up against God. Going against God. Your God didn't bless you, save you, save your household, put you in a nice home, a nice community, put clothes on your back, food on your table, gave you a nice car to drive, and all of these different things. Then all of a sudden, you get so high-minded, you you, you you get beside yourself, and you raise up against God. When we turn back on God, that's what we do. We're raising ourselves up against God. If you look in the book of Genesis, all of those people that they talked about lived a long time. All the Bible said that they lived and they died. But when they got to Enoch, the Bible says he lived so many hundreds of years and he walked with God. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk with him. Matter of fact, we even sing the song in the church. Walk with me, Lord. 
Walk with me. Talk with me, Lord. Talk with me while I'm on my Christian journey. I want Jesus. Walk with me. And that's what we as, as children of God should want. But we're so interested in people walking with us. Sometimes people lead you down the wrong path. See that heaven here to here? Let him hear what the Spirit says into the church. A lot of times we can't hear what God is saying because we listen too much at people. Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned for pursuing after Israel. Joab held back the people. You know, this is the thing that God had told the prophet Ezekiel. When you see the sword come up on the land, he said, blow the trumpet. In other words, cry aloud. Tell the people whether they were here, whether they would, would forbear. Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet in Zion. He said, for if you're not, blow the trumpet and warn the people, their blood shall be required at the watchman hand. He said, but if you blow the trumpet and tell the people and they, and they, and they, and they do not take heed to it, he said, then their blood shall be required at their own hand. So it's our job to warn people, blow the trumpet. Found alone. Let them know about the great and terrible God. Not only about his goodness and his mercy, but we need to tell people also that God also has a side of wrath. Even in this life, they say there's always what? Two sides to a coin. Two sides to a story. There's two sides of God. Verse 17 says, and they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him. And all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Now, now that, that, that there is a dishonor. He's not laying in the sepulchre where his father or, or his family plot is. He's in the wood. You know, a lot of times when you hear people that lost their loved ones, something happened to them. They say, if we can just get the bones and get the body back, you know, we can have closure. I could feel better by knowing, you know, where they're lying, where they, where they lying at. We can go and put flowers on the grave. We can go visit. We can, we can, you know, some people even go sit down at the gravesite and talk to the dead people. They talk, they talk to their the dead loved ones. But here, he's not being honest in a proper burial. He's being laid in a pit in the wood. Not a sepulchre, not a grave. You know, this is where this comes from in our in our today's society about being buried in a family plot. Every family has some kind of plot where their family members, their loved ones, is buried in it. But he's not being buried and being honored with the family. He's being left in the wood. And undoubtedly he must have had what they call premonition because in his lifetime, he had a pillar raised up to bring honor to his name, that people would remember him. Not something that's living, not a living organism, but something that's abstract, something that's dead, something that has no life to it, just a memorial stone. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great 
pit in the woods. David couldn't even go and sing. He couldn't even go and put flowers on the grave because he had some big, great pit out in the woods. And he laid a very great heap of stones upon it. And all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. After Absalom was gone, the one who was supposed to uh, take over as king, as their leader, when the, when they cut off the head, what happened to the body? Body falls. Same thing happened in our household. When the head of the house is gone, the rest of the family, the body of the family, it falls. That's why it's so important for us to have men in the house. How many times do you see on these uh, certain programs, you hear these people that spending time in penitentiary saying, you know, my father wasn't in the house. Now, you had the mama there now. The mother was there. The mother did everything that she could. She was mother and father. But what, what do you hear him say? Well, my father wasn't in the house. You know, I was, I was raised without a father. He's the head. Even Paul tells us about the order. God is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. And woman, what do the woman do? She she produced the, 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 the children. She produced the seed of the man. She brings forth the seed of the man. She conceived and brings forth. And so when the man is absent from the home, the home is hurting. Because orders, the word come down from one head to the next head. And it's up to the man's job to, to give the word of God in his house to his family. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll find where, where the elders, the children, the people sit down, you know, before the elders and they taught them. When you look in the, in the, in the book of the gospel, you'll see where Jesus uh, sit the people down and he taught them. People need to be taught. You, some people have the saying that people is not in church, but they haven't been church, which means that they haven't been taught. They just got baptized and they go to church on Sunday and they go home. They don't go to the Bible study. They don't go to the Sunday school. They are not being church. They're not being taught how to live for God. And so they call that unchurched. They're not church. Verse 18 says, Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's dale. But he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day Absalom's place. You don't have nobody else to carry him on. They have no remembrance of him other than that, that concrete pillar. Some people, is, is, the only remembrance they have of you is that stone that they got in the graveyard with your name on it. In, in loving memories of so-and-so. Nobody else to carry your name on. That family name. That family name from your from your side is gone. Has vanished. You know when the when when Jacob had the twelve sons, they all became a tribe, which made up the nation of Israel. And every every person that's born in that tribe, they said so-and-so from the tribe of Ephraim, so-and-so from the tribe of Judah, and so on and so on. They were, 
they was they was known by who, where it come from and who was a part of that genealogy that came from that tribe. This this boy here, only thing he had is a is a is a concrete a stone pillar with his name on it. He don't have nobody else left to say I'm the son of of this one, the son of that one, and the and the great grandson of no. After he was gone, there is no more after his 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 his, his name. The only thing he's known is that David's son. He had no other son to say that he's the, the son of Absalom. The only thing that 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 gives account of him is a concrete pillar. You you see some on some highways and some places where people have took wooden crosses or whatever and placed in the ground where people have got killed from a car accident or, or whatever it was to remind people that this where so and so laid and died. So undoubtedly he had to have some premonition that he wasn't going to live long enough to have no children. So he, in his lifetime, he ran up this pillar that he would be remembered by. What do you want to be remembered by? That's a good question. What do you want to be remembered by? Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king bed. But he said, I have no son to keep my name. And remember, he called the pillar after his own name. It is called unto this day Absalom's name. In every church you go in, at least every church I've been in, you always have a table sitting before the head of the church. You know what it says? And remember. In remembrance of me. We should always have something to remember all about. Died for us. God save us from our sins. Save us from the penalty of sin, which is the gates of hell. Verse 19 said, Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zedah, Let me now run to bear the king tidings, how that the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. Look at the good sense this young man had. Look at the good sense he had. He didn't say what the men did. He didn't say what David did, the strategy that he used. What did he say? That the Lord had avenged. The Bible said this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our sight. You got to know what God is doing in your life. It may not be everything you want it to be, but you need to at least understand that God is doing something in your life, and if he did that, he can do the rest. If we take an untie God's hand, he'll do the rest. Now, I have that said to, to, to the then said to Hamas, the son of Zedah, let me now run 
and bear the king tidings. What kind of tidings he's going to bring the king? How the Lord, man, God is still working on your on, in your behalf. After all you did, God is still curing you mercy. God is still fighting for you. God still is avenging you of your enemies. You know, sometimes we be wondering if God hear our prayer. Do God really love us? If you only knew what God have already done for you. We don't know the people, the enemies that we have, because they have people that will smile in your face and pat you on your back and hate you to your gut. Can't stand you. Rejoice after every every time that they hear something bad that happened to you. Rejoice about it. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Ain't nothing good about them. You always got something bad or negative to say about you. But yet when they see you, they're laughing and talking in your face. They had a song that used to sing when I was out in the street. He said, smiling faces sometimes. Tell lie. He said, how the Lord, how that the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. This is what I want to go back and tell King David. This is what this, I want to go tell him. I want him to lift up his head. I want him to know that although he had to run from Jerusalem and, and come out here in the wilderness, running from his own son, that God is still working on his behalf. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God is on our side, how can we be denied? Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zerah, let me now run. I want to go run and tell this here. Mary King Tyler. This is this is good news for great tidings. That the Lord, what the Lord has done. The Lord has avenged him of his enemies. You know, sometimes that's that's funny how we need other people to tell us how good God has been to us. Some somebody else got to tell you. How God can bless you. Well, you sure is blessed. God shall bless you with this. And God, God shall, you know, and because we're looking at something else we want or something we might be going through, we fail to see how good God has already been. How that the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. My God. Hold your peace. Let the Lord fight the battle. Close out with verse 20. They say, And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day. Thou shalt bear tidings another day. This day thou shalt bear no tidings. Why? Why you don't want me to go tell them no tidings today? Because the king's son is dead. It's not no good news, man. It's not nothing that someone want to go and run and tell to David. Whether you know it or not, when somebody went and told him about Jonathan and Saul, the person who brought the news lost his life. So this is not good for to go bear this kind of news to David because you can't lose your life. This is not a day you want to go bear no tidings to David. His son is David. 
If he killed somebody over Saul who tried to kill him and killed somebody over Jonathan that was only just a good friend to him, what do you think he might do if somebody go tell him that his son is dead? So you ain't going to bring no tidings today. This ain't no good day for you to go tell King. The King, nothing like that. And you got people, it's sad to say that they rejoice over people who lose their lives. Oh, yeah, that, he got his issue. Oh, yeah, because he was out here bad. He got his issue. I knew that was, you know, you got people that actually rejoice over people losing their lives. Rejoice over bad things happening to people. Oh, yeah, I, I know that was going to happen. I know that was going to happen. They ain't never treated nobody right. They, know, they, 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 they was this and they was that. That's something how we can know so much about somebody else, but we don't know nothing about ourselves. He said, look, you ain't going to bring no tidings today. This is not a good day to go bring tidings to the king. Because the king's son is dead. When now that this didn't happen, you know what came to his mind? Why he's not going to bring that tidings? Good tidings? Because the king had already told him, make sure that the that that the that the young man Absalom be safe. Somebody dropped the ball. And somebody gonna have to answer to David. And it's not gonna be you. Uh huh, man. So sit yourself down. You're not going out there. That's the first thing you find a lot of things happening. As soon as they hear somebody then die, instead of them run away from the problem and, and the confusion, you find people run to it. They won't go see who that is David. They won't go run to it. Who, who, who shot him? Who, who, who cut him? Who stabbed him? Who did this? They won't go run to it and add their five senses to it. Before you know it, the police question you or, or somebody's coming after you because you didn't want to open your mouth. He said, no, this ain't no good day to go bring no time. Don't you go say nothing. And you hear people that hear something from somebody else, they want, they're they ready to go run and tell it and don't even know what they're talking about. It wasn't out there. They didn't see it. They only heard. A hammer was not out there. And when you hear something, what somebody say, it's best to leave it right there, what you heard. Bible tells us that we should not bear false witness. You wasn't a witness to it. You only heard. Speak of those things you know and testify to things that you have heard. But we got to be careful how we run in to tell something that we have no knowledge of. So I pray that something we said on tonight in these uh, verses of Scripture have caught our attention. Hopefully it has been a blessing to one and all. Amen. Y'all say the same next week, next Tuesday. If we still hear life lasts and death pass and if God don't send his son back for the church. We'll be right here again, 6.30 next Tuesday.
tell a family member, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell somebody about this Bible study that we have where we talk about everyday life from the scriptures that had been written over 2,000 years ago. But it's not just about them. It's about application, applying it to our lives so that we don't have to live by trial and error. We don't have excuses because we have a witness that had came before us. Matter of fact, I believe it's in the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews where you say we have these cloud of witnesses. And so these, all of these witnesses do what they do. It speaks about what they lived through, what they saw, what they heard, and what all they saw God do. All these clouds of witnesses that were set before us and ran the race and left us what? Testimony. That's what we're going to do, whether you know it or not, whether it's positive, whether it's negative. Your life's going to be a testimony that's going to be left behind for somebody else. I pray that it be a positive testimony that people will learn, make the proper and right decision. Remember, we are the New Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Michael Beckham. We're located 328-68 Highway 249 in Pine Hill, Texas. I was with the 77262. Our email is nwoflife2002 at yahoo.com. Stop at the line. Let us hear from you. This concludes our, our lesson on tonight. May God bless you. May God bless you. This is our prayer.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.